OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash wallstreet. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. If you clicked, I'm feeling lucky on Google Earnings, you lost. Shares of Alphabet Parent, Google Parent Alphabet, down on Tuesday after an earnings report that was look, it wasn't bad. They made money. They made a lot of money. They just yes. didn't exactly do what the market thought they were going to do. Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast, Paul Vigna. Steve Grosser. And we are joined by Heard on the Street Writers, Miriam Gottfried and Dan Gallagher from San Francisco. And look, let's start with Google earnings. I mean, they weren't a disaster by any stretch no, of the imagination. I also, th- I also think the other thing, too, is when you've been up, what, 25% for the year? Yeah. I mean, you know, a 3% pullback isn't the biggest deal. No, it is not the biggest deal. You didn't get lucky today. That's all I'm saying. But it does go back to the kind of expectations that are built into these so-called FANG stocks, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe expectations that just go beyond the reality of what's really sure. going on in the companies. Right. I know Dan has some thoughts on it because he wrote about it. Uh, you know, here's what was interesting is that I, I looked at Google's valuation before the uh, before the report yesterday, and it was up to about 30 times forward earnings, which is actually one of the highest that stock has seen. It's very high. But optically, what was interesting is that the, the that was including the second quarter estimate, which was depressed because of the EU fine. Right. So once to... With today's numbers, like with a roll forward, it's back to kind of like mid twenties, which is a little more normal, you know, since the stock essentially got re-rated last year. Um, so, you know, I think there were some optical tricks to it. The stock has been up a lot; it looked a little more expensive. Um, and really, also, what it comes down to is the fact that Google has to spend a lot to drive the growth it's enjoying. It, it really doesn't come cheap. Yeah, yeah that was that uh, was part of your his your column today. Was earnings grew, I think, what, roughly 15% somewhere in there, whereas the cost to acquire um, users grew close to 30%, right, or something to that effect? It was more like mid-20s, like mid-20s. the tra- total traffic acquisition costs. And then when you break it out more, the, the, the money they had to spend to drive traffic to their, to their own sites, you know, not their partner sites, and that's kind of the key part of that when you break it down. You know that that was at a record high as well in terms of percentage of the that site's revenue. And that was about eleven percent of revenue. So it's not like it's not like it's turning into a low margin business. But I think what you're seeing is concerns about does this number keep going up perpetually, or does it get to a point where it's a little normalized? Uh, you know, when when much of the world's traffic is already mobile, that's that's the questions I think people have right now, and it's not super clear what the answer is. Dan, doesn't it make sense though that 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 cost would be going up because the the earliest traffic you get, the you know, you're in the beginning, your growth is you know much easier to come by, and when when there's any traffic that's not coming your way. That could be redirected toward you near at this point when you're such a mature and dominant company. It it doesn't it make sense that it would be more expensive to get that last bit of traffic. Uh, somewhat, but I'm not sure where all that traffic is going. I mean, if you're talking about search traffic, you know, Google. What about uh-oh. Bing, Dan? I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, but because we're still, you know, there's still. I think we're still in the phase where you know we're we're adjusting from a world that accessed Google primarily through the desktop to a world that accessed Google mostly through mobile. And that shift is still going on, and I think it's going to be going on a while. I, you know, I, Theoretically, I guess 
the cost would stop rising if there was if all the traffic was coming to mobile. I don't think we'll ever get there because mm. I, th- I got a feeling that you know for the foreseeable future, traffic is going to be a mix of desktop and mobile and these other other. Um, these other avenues. And then as Google, it, I think they're trying to get more of their own devices out there precisely to kind of help remedy this, but that, that percentage is really still too small right now. Okay. For the record, Miriam, you think you're so funny. Bing still exists. I know. I just want to, <laughs> you know what? I actually had to go on and, and type it in and pull it up to make sure that it did before I said that. Bing still exists. I'm surprised you actually uh, don't use it. I could see Paul being like the, like, you know, you have the Hotmail account. Or the I M- never, MSN okay, account. Okay, and, I, okay, I know, never. I had an Earthlink account. I never had a, a Hotmail. I, I'm very hip. I'm very with it. Um, but the, the bigger question, I want to get everyone's take on this. And th- it seemed to me that beyond all the numbers, uh, the things that jumped out to me about Google's report was this this sort of intimation that maybe one and two things, mobile and video, are, are not quite as lucrative as everybody was mm. thinking. And it seems to me that that is a, a quote unquote more than Googled issue. Can we? What are well, our, takes, I mean, what if, are our takeaways? If, on if that? you come away with that conclusion from Google's earnings, then you would definitely be concerned about a lot of other companies. I mean, Facebook's entire future growth is really pegged on video right. and mobile. And you know, if they can't capture you know a portion of TV advertising basically by getting that one over to their app, then their then their you know valuation is not justified. Yeah, seems like I hear Google, I, I hear mobile and video in a lot of other places too. No, but not here, oh yeah, I mean you mean like the Wall Street Journal? Well, like everywhere. I mean every, <laughs> every media company, everybody. Yeah, yeah. mobile and, and video were like the big buzzwords. Everyone's talking mm. about them. If the growth there is not quite as good as people thought, where does that lead? What are you smiling? I'm just at, saying Stephen you still Grosser? have a flip phone, so you know, <laughs> like you're I, talking about I, mobile I, and video trends. This, trend. this question that growth isn't there. I think it's more a question that you know, from the sense of Google, that it has to, what it has to spend to get to get a piece of that growth. You know, when you yeah. when you use your iPhone and your Safari browser and you search in that browser window, you're using Google. Right. But to make that happen, Google has paid money to Apple mm-hmm. to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So that's why those kinds of costs go up. Um, so I don't. It's not a question of fewer people are using these devices or accessing mm-hmm. video. It's it's kind of from for Google and maybe from Facebook and others that, that we'll see at some point. You know how do they? You know they they want to keep up the strong growth that they've enjoyed because that's why they they're being valued as they are. Um, but to keep those growth numbers up, will they have to spend you right. know a greater right. proportion to do that? Well, I mean, if it's expensive for them, it's expensive for. Everybody, right? Well, if it's expensive for them, it's too expensive for almost anybody yeah. else. Yeah, that's, that's true. Right. right. Google has a reputation for not playing the sort of analyst expectation game. Um, so how much is today's reaction something that will be wiped away a week from now, a month from now, uh, Dan? I think it'll be taken in stride because Google's reports tend to. The stock tends to be volatile around these numbers. I, I wrote about the cost problem before the last quarter's report, which actually didn't show it that much. So I was three months early and pointed it out, I think, technically. But the, I, I, think the as invest, I think investors, as they start to adjust to this, you know, it'll start to be taken in stride and they'll come back to focusing on can Google maintain this growth. I got a feeling what we're seeing is a kind of uh, incremental reset to um, what some of the expectations are in terms of how that growth gets generated. 
All right, let's take a quick break. We are talking with Dan Gallagher and Miriam Gottfried, talking about tech earnings, Google, Facebook, all of it this week. You are listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Enjoy our podcast? Then listen in your car. Before you start down the road, just sync your smartphone using Bluetooth or plug into the USB port. Got Apple CarPlay? Just tap on the podcast app and search for WSJ. So, the next time you're getting behind the wheel, take us along and enjoy the ride. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Welcome back to Money Beat. Paul and Stephen here in the studio in New York City, joined by Heard on the Streets, Miriam Gottfried, Dan Gallagher. What from, is there anything we can take away from Google's earnings to Facebook, which is coming up on uh, Wednesday? I don't know how much, I mean, of a read across. We, t- we talked about a little bit with, you know, the promise of video and, you know, the shift to mobile. I mean, Facebook is the only thing that's really like Facebook. So yeah. they don't have, you know, the same kind of traffic acquisition issue that that Google has. But what they do have is the need to keep growing their advertising dollars at a certain rate to to justify their valuation. And video is really the promise for them right now. Mm-hmm. Um so the question is, you know, how many how many more do- advertising dollars are they going to be able to get and will their growth continue at this pace? Um, it seems like right now people are pretty confident that, you know, that their growth will continue. But, you know, there's also been s- quite a bit of, you know, unease among big advertisers this year about the move to Facebook, about transferring too much to Facebook because of the transparency issues and other problems. Right. And, and er- I was just going to say analysts have been cutting their earnings faster than usual for Facebook's, um, you know, second quarter results this year. I mean, there are probably a lot more expenses going. They did say that this was going to be an investment year, um, so they're they're investing in a variety of things too. Um, they talked so. about in the second half of the year they're going to be re- bringing down the um, I don't know how they term it ad load, they're, or they're not going right. to grow it as fast as they did because they don't want to keep packing ads into the feed. So this is something that's been a long time coming, though. That they talked about this at the, I believe it was at the end of last year. They said, "Don't expect us to keep." You know, we got a lot of easy growth out of adding more ads, putting more ads into our feed, but we're not going to just keep doing that at, you know, till the till the end. We're going to uh, have to limit that and actually generate more value from each ad that we put in. Let's and I think Facebook benefits from the fact that their their shift to mobile happened earlier and happened much faster than yeah. Google's. Like now, I think it's 80, 90 percent of Facebook's traffic and, and ad revenues are coming on, on from mobile. And, you know, with Google, there's yeah. still that a big mix of, of desktop in there. So I think what you're seeing, I don't think you'll see the cost impact necessarily to Facebook the mm-hmm. way it was on Google because that – that kind of happened early on, okay. and and it didn't have. It's not going to have the same like optical impact. I think. I mean, I think the other question for Facebook is Instagram. They, you know, I remember when it went public, everyone was shocked, you know, because they bought Instagram right before its IPO, or right before Facebook's IPO, and everyone was sort of shocked at the price tag. But that looks like increasingly like a really great acquisition. Well, it's really hard to say, right? Because we don't know. We don't know exactly how many users Instagram has. 
We don't know how that changes from quarter to quarter. We don't know what the churn rate is. We don't know how much they generate per user from advertising on there. So, and we don't know actually, I mean, it could be that a lot of Facebook's recent recent growth has been from Instagram and not from the core Facebook. We, we can't really distinguish between those two. So that's sort of an interesting thing too. There are some people who think, oh, the main platform is slowing down and it's been all Instagram that's been growing. And some people who, who say, oh no, I'm kind of concerned about, you know, what I've heard from the rates that they seem to be getting or the click rates that they seem to be getting on ads on Instagram. So that is a question. And Maybe eventually they will break out more information. What about with, with I think the thing to think yeah, about with Facebook's acquisitions or that Instagram might have been a genius buy, but they've done two even bigger ones, um, you know, WhatsApp, WhatsApp and, yep. and Oculus that were done in the same style, essentially Mark Zuckerberg deciding, hey, I want to buy this and pay whatever I want for it. And the value brought on those deals still is far from certain, especially Oculus because, you know, he essentially spent $2 billion on a VR company now seems to be all about AR. So, yeah. you know, what becomes of that? It's So it's it's less, I think it's, to me, the concern is less really about Instagram in particular, but more about the style of when Facebook decides to make a big bet, it seems to go, you know, really fast in, in the mind of one person and does it really you know, how does how does that benefit shareholders in the long term? And I that's that's the kind of question that's still out there, I think. Yeah, I mean, the Facebook stock has gone up. So you can't say as a shareholder that you're displeased with Mark Zuckerberg's right. management. But then again, you can't necessarily say that these acquisitions were really a success. I mean, and even that, though people want to. And also, you know, from Instagram to especially WhatsApp, there was a huge difference in price tag. Yes. Yeah. I mean, WhatsApp, I don't really even know that much revenue at all is being collected right, from right. that. Well, so. and, and with all these, money. Well, yeah. with all these companies too. I mean, the, certainly stock valuations, the, the sentiment around them. I mean, they have a lot of leeway to take these kind of moonshot risks and buy these companies that seem right now maybe not profitable for a lot of money and hope they pay off in the future. I mean, Amazon does the same thing. And now that I think of Amazon. Before we wrap this thing up, I, I, I don't know if either of you really can touch on this. Um, the whole issue of the cloud and moving yeah. to the cloud and what Amazon has invested there and what Google well, is doing. Well, the other thing, too, is Microsoft, which reported last week, right. reported strong growth in its uh, cloud system yeah. business. I so mean, have either of you looked at that angle? Dan is the cloud expert yeah. unheard on the street. Honestly, I think I think that, you know, it was it showed Microsoft gaining. I mean, they, they've made some good strides against Amazon. They're, they're now the, considered the strongest number two. But ironically, I think their numbers probably boded better for than worse for Amazon because, you know, there one, there's still so much growth potential in the cloud that's taking only a small sliver right now of corporate IT spending. So there's plenty for both. And the, at Microsoft managed that growth without really any major price cuts. And Amazon didn't make any major price cuts either. So I, I don't think there's a, there's a sign yet that Microsoft's growth comes at Amazon's expense. Um, and every 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 report I'm seeing points to you know Amazon still being like the favorite choice. So I think we'll see good cloud numbers from them. Uh, you know whether it'll still be, you know how it'll help lift to the expectations and help the retail side on profitability. Those are those are good questions. And I guess we'll have to see. Miriam, you can talk to the retail side. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know what are what is expected from Amazon there? Well, I mean. If Amazon doesn't report another quarter of 
twenty plus percent revenue growth, then what? Then the whole world will have shifted, right? Everybody expects the same thing that that level of performance from Amazon, which gets harder and harder the bigger they get. Sure. So they'd go out and do deals like buying Whole Foods, yeah. um, and you know to get kind of into new businesses. That was a business that they had sort of tentatively walked into. They were like, we can't get anywhere without scale. And without you know a player that's already established in this business, so they went ahead and bought Whole Foods. Um, but you know they're constantly moving into a bunch of new things in order to keep driving that twenty percent. I, I mean, you. I feel like this quarter you really felt the impact that Amazon has on the entire retailing sector. Yes. I mean, you know, from the Whole Foods buy crushing grocers to you know them announcing a geek squad that hit Best Buy. I mean, it was across the board. Um, I'm working on a story about exactly that, about the s- reactions of stock prices for other companies when Amazon says, oh, we might be moving into your business. They've been really outsized. We saw Best Buy, as you said, fall. We saw um, Home Depot and Lowe's when Sears said, oh, we're going to start selling our appliances on mm-hmm. Amazon. Um, you know, And then before that, Kroger fell when they announced the Whole Foods yeah. deal. But in all those cases, the stocks have rebounded at least somewhat. Um, and I think that in a lot of those cases, the reaction was outsized, was overdone, because I think people are people fear the worst with Amazon. But we have to remember, Amazon is – I mean, it is a legitimate threat, but it doesn't dominate every business that it enters either. And it moves in you know, slower ways in, in some areas than in others. And there are a number of companies that have thrived despite competing with Amazon – not a lot, but I mean, think about Netflix, right? Yeah. Everybody said Amazon Prime Video was going to crush them, and that it hasn't happened. Right, right. What about Best Buy? Best Buy was like on the brink of death, and then it came back, and people don't remember that. So, and, and in some ways, too, the expectations for how big Amazon can, how or how much of the consumer market Amazon can grab have been uh, are getting sort of overblown, right? I don't know. It's really hard to say. I mean, I think they're very cautious about saying that they can take over the world because they feel the beginnings of regulatory pressure potentially um they they say oh we're still way smaller than walmart you know oh little old us you know like don't look at us but if you look at the gross merchandise value of everything sold through amazon which is not a number they report it's a number that analysts estimate they're much, much bigger than wow. what their revenue would state because a lot of goods go through their marketplace. Yeah. Um, so Third party they do have they Amazon, do have right? a very big presence. And I think people are starting to be aware when you say, oh, wait, I can't go to Whole Foods without buying something at Amazon. Then you're like, wait, maybe they are kind of taking control yeah. of more areas of my life. All right. Miriam, Dan, thank you very much for your time and your insights. Uh, I know you both have to get back to the back to your desk and do some earnings stories, so we'll let you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for listening. We will catch up with you soon. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash WSJ.